We started this podcast with the sole intention of sharing stories. For so long, we felt alone and afraid because it seemed like no one else would understand. So over the years, journaling has been the one thing we have been able to turn to in our times of crisis, growth, and pain. As we started to write and talk more openly and honestly about our hopes and fears, we were able to get to the core of just how unique we all truly are and our purpose in life. And that's why we created our beautiful faux leather untold stories journals to encourage you to do the same. Check out our website linked in the description below. Each journal purchase helps with the support of this podcast. Each notebook is designed for you to take on the go and indulge in your own stories because we need more people like you and the stories you have to tell. Thanks as always, Pip Fam, for sharing your untold stories. I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. Today, we have another sister advice episode. Um, We love doing these episodes. I feel like it's just such a fun way to connect with you guys and really hear feedback on how you guys are doing. We are just going to jump right into it today. This month's topic, we wanted to really focus in on family. July was a bit of a weird month for both Christine and I. We had just a lot of things going on in our personal lives. And so I think we've been reflecting a lot about our relationships with family and just like how that has changed as we grown up. So our first question actually comes from X88X88XX. <laughs> and they said, I would love to hear an episode discussing intergenerational trauma. And oh girl, don't you worry because it's coming. <laughs> it is next up on our list of episodes to record. So be on the lookout for that. The next question comes in from Anthu Deng. How to make a meaningful connection with your parents? I really love this question because I think as kids, we have the tendency to be very self-centered. When we're growing up, like our parents are giving us everything, right? They're taking care of us. They're taking us to school. They're taking us to classes and they're feeding us. And so I think that almost in a way, we kind of look at them as like our caretakers and we can do whatever we want and they're just there to take care of us. And I think that this is like a a mentality that we continue to have, especially throughout our like middle school angsty, you know, teenage years. And it wasn't until I got older that I started to realize like, oh, hey, my parents are individuals as well. Mm. And they have feelings and they have a past history that they went through, especially now that I've moved home and I'm spending so much time with them. That is the thing that fascinates me the most. The fact that they had an entire life before me, even with me, right? Like if I really think about it, our parents had us in their like what 20s to 30s. My parents were in their 30s when they had me and I'm nearing 30. And so to really like put that back into my perspective of being like, oh, if I were to have a kid right now and raise it, you know, the first like 
10-ish years of their lives, they don't really know what's going on. They just think that I'm there to care for them, but they don't know anything about me and my interests and my likes. And I think that that's the thing that you really need to focus on, especially when you're trying to build that relationship with your parents, getting to know them as individuals and not just like, oh, I am me and they are my parents, but like your parents are individuals as well. There might be interests that your mom has that are different from your dad's. Like what are the hobbies that they have? I think being able to learn about them as individuals and really being able to see like, hey, what was your childhood like? Asking them questions like that. I think that's been what has like really allowed me to get to know my parents because a lot of the tendencies that they have now stem from their childhood. And I think when you really dig in and ask those questions like, oh, you know, what was your mother like? What were your parents like? What was your relationship with your grandparents? That gives you a really, really good understanding of why they are the way they are today. This also helps you reflect too, like, oh, what are the things that I am able to relate to my parents? And I think it's really being able to work with one another and find that like common ground of like, hey, if I really want to hang out with my parents, instead of just like sitting at home and eating dinner like we are doing during quarantine, it's like, what are the hobbies and interests that we can do together? With my parents, they really like to watch movies. So even though my mom always chooses terrible, terrible Netflix movies with like Nicolas Cage in them, I will sit and watch them with her because I think that that makes her really happy. And in the past, my parents really liked traveling. So we would always plan trips together. So it's like finding these little ways that you can bond, not to say that you can't have a life outside of that, but to really be able to like bring your parents into your lives the way that they did with you. When I was in New York, I loved going to new restaurants and like trying new bars. And my dad's like, I've never been to a bar. So I took them to a bar. And so it's like show showcasing them like parts of your life too that not just being like oh well they're my parents like they don't belong in this category or oh they might not be interested in that like finding things and introducing them to things that they may not necessarily go and do for themselves I feel like that's really been a great way for me to be able to like connect with them on a different level yeah that's so good I feel like you hit on almost every single thing (laughs) that I had on my list but it really is that Start from where your guys' relationship is already. Because I know when you hear Regina's take, it's like, well, that's easy for you to say because, you know, you already have such a great relationship with your parents. Who I don't even watch movies with my parents. But honestly, start where you are because everything is a progression in a relationship. And I think of it as like, you know, if you're dating someone or even if you're getting to know a friend, that trust has to be developed. And then just like Regina said, it's really getting to know them and be curious about them as an individual Mm -hmm. so how do you get from a friend to a best friend that's the approach that I think Regina really tapped in really well if you think about your parents as people outside of what you view them as just being your parents and it really gives you a whole nother perspective and a whole nother angle when I say like start where your relationship is now like for some of us it doesn't go further than your parents going like what do you want to eat or (laughs) come get food yeah then if it's that then use that maybe Instead of saying, I'm not hungry, nothing, stop bothering me, you can start taking the initiative and be like, oh, well, how about I go pick up food? What do you want to eat? How about you teach me to cook? I really want to learn how to cook this certain dish. Mm, yeah, Just work with what you have. You're being more proactive. You're being like, hey, I actually don't know this about you and I actually don't do this, but then I'm going to try and put my best foot forward. And Mm -hmm. another thing that I think really works too is to pick up on their love languages. I know we talk Mm. about that a lot. 
we may not think of that when it comes to our parents other than, oh, their love language is, here's fruit. I cut up fruit, (laughs) eat it. But sometimes getting them gifts, like my mom, her love language is like little gifts. Mm. So I would buy some organic chicken from Trader Joe's because that's all she likes to eat. Like she's like, oh, Mm. she goes on and on about how clean she eats and Trader Joe's has the best (laughs) organic chicken. And then I'll pick up some flowers for her. And also my dad, like he is like Regina. He's a huge plant person and he loves gardening. (laughs) So I was like, you know, maybe I'll buy him a wind chime. So when he goes out gardening, he could put it up and it just creates a nice vibe for him and just shows them that you're thinking of them, right? In like Mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. ways. So really reiterating and echoing everything that Regina said and Mm -hmm putting in the proactive approach of what type of relationship do you want with them? What do you wish they would do for you? You try and do it. So if you want them to be more vulnerable with you, then you try it first. And I can say based on my experience, and we've talked about this in past episodes where we did a dad episode with Blogilates. We also did a mom episode with Kristen. And we talked about our journeys of, it's just not, once you have that conversation, they're like, oh my God, yeah, okay, we're vulnerable now. I can tell you all my secrets. A lot of times you get shut down and it's just trying it, slowly trying it. And I would say that, With that, it's opened up the discussion about my depression with them and they have opened up about mental health and their mental health too. Although Mm -hmm. it's not just all the time. Sometimes when I want to talk about it, they may not be in the mood. So, you know, just keeping that in mind. Yeah, no, I think that those are all really, really great points. And I love the fact that you brought up love language. I think I was always like, oh, these are the things that my parents do to make me happy. (laughs) But what are the things that I can do to make them happy? And yeah, quality time is definitely a big one in our household, like being able to like sit down together and watch TV or just drink tea or a glass of wine. Like I agree with you, like it can be as you know, simple or as grand as you want it to be. But I think that what's important is like continuing to build that bond with one another. Right, right. And don't give up. I think if you want that meaningful relationship with your parents, just understand it's not an overnight thing for sure. And not to sound discouraging, but sometimes you just have to let it organically form the way that it's going Mm. to form. Again, when you get to know your parents more and more as a person. I mean, they're human beings. They're going to have blocks of their own. They're going to have fears. They're going to have triggers that they don't want to get into. So just like anybody, you're going to come across that and that expectation that, oh, well, we're family. You know, we should be able to talk about these things. You should be able to open up. I'm opening up. If anything, I find that there's an even bigger resistance because there's some secrets or some things that they see you as their kid that they're like, oh, I can never tell you that. Mm -hmm. There's just no really like big workaround of that. You just let them be. That's the part where like Regina and I have talked about this so often and Jack as well, where it's like the older you get, the more you're like, how do I act like a parent myself or how do I act like an adult <laughs> to my parents, right? Because sometimes yeah. they, they would just be yeah. more and more like kids oh, and for sure. they'll throw tantrums, they'll do things uh-huh. that like are unexplainable and you're just like, why does this have to be so hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like now that I'm also nearing my 30s, like I, there are definitely times when the roles have switched and I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you driving like this? Wait, stop, don't do it. You know, like, and my mom mom always likes to say are you the mom or am I the mom (laughs) yeah Regina would tell me that like her mom sometimes would just leave the car running outside and just kind of forget and Regina would be like you can't do that (laughs) 
think one of the times it happened literally as like Christine was over yeah. and my mom was like oh it's fine <laughs> I just thought that, that exchange was so cute because you do see how Regina is so mothering and she's like no mom she's go. you just have to turn it off okay yeah <laughs> so yeah that's one of the things that I didn't know would happen yeah and you just allow them just allow them to be them you know i think mm-hmm. that's the part where i have to constantly remind myself because i gave my parents so much shit for not letting me be me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now vice versa <laughs> seriously seriously i'm like dad why do you have to say that don't do that yeah. i realize i'm not letting him be him <laughs> yeah it's also like looking at it in the way that like they held it together for us for so long right to make us think like oh wow they have it like really together like you know and then now yeah. seeing them i'm like wow they are just as disastrous as we are (laughs) oh man i think that is the perfect segue into our second question that our parents are just as disastrous as we are yes why are our parents so disastrous (laughs) asked by christina and regina yeah Hey, it's Christine, your Big Sis Life Coach. During this time of uncertainty, we can feel super lonely and have a loss of purpose. If you find yourself feeling stuck or lost in life and want to find meaning and fulfillment and gain a deeper understanding for yourself, I'm here for you. As well as hosting this amazing podcast and being a puppy mommy, I'm a full-time life coach. I help my clients with all the things we talk about here on PIP and more, like having better relationships with your partner, friends, and family, how to take that first step towards action rather than being paralyzed by fear and perfection, really digging in deeper, and finally getting clarity on what you want and how to get it. If you really want to start moving your life forward with purpose and excitement towards the far-off daydreams you have, let's do it together. You can have that. You can discover how powerful, valuable, and needed your voice is to create change in the world. You can start living that today. So come find me on xoxochristine.com and fill out my contact form so we can schedule a complimentary consultation call. If any of what I said spoke to you, take that as a sign. Start being the protagonist in your own story, and let's start writing your new chapter today. Again, it's xoxochristine.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Hugs and kisses! At Last is a women's workwear line that creates clothing to inspire confidence through fit and simplicity. For too long, the fashion industry has created unrealistic expectations for what we should look like and how we should act, but now it's our time to reclaim that for ourselves. Our clothes are designed for women by women with timeless classics that are built to last and help us embrace each and every curve that makes us beautiful. Currently, we are selling the For Good bundle, which includes a buttery soft tee, a mask, and a scrunchie, with 70% of proceeds going to COVID first-line responders. We also recently just launched our first workwear piece, the beautiful Ashley midi skirt that will blend seamlessly into your everyday wardrobe with a secret pocket for your cards and chapstick. Be sure to check out our website, whereatlast.com, to purchase and support. At last, it's our time to realize everything we need is within ourselves. So this one is asked by One Believer 2014, who is such a great PIP family member who asks and answers a lot of questions and engages so much on our page. The question is, how do you deal with family triggers? 
<laughs> yeah, I know. We tend to do this. I realize that with Sister Advice, we tend to pick polar opposite questions because we kind of want to cover the spectrum of it. We want to have like a balance, you know, like a balanced episode of questions where you're like, oh, okay. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love it. This is a great question because I think all of us deal with this, especially during the pandemic where mm. a lot of us, I know a lot of you guys live at home with your parents, have to move back or that they're elderly. You're trying to do more for them or they're not like my parents. They don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like, ah, my gosh. So I've shared on Instagram that I've been reading and I finished the book called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay Gibson. Brutal brutal title. (laughs) I actually had it out when my parents dropped by one time. I was like, oh. Oh, this whole thing. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's not even about that. But yeah, so, you know, I took away so much from it. And one of the, the main ideas is, the best way to progress your relationship with your parents is just to drop the ideal version of what you want your relationship with them to be, like we Mm. just kind of touched upon. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you release yourself of this like really self-limiting vision, the sooner the relationship will just grow and come into its own naturally. It's like when you try to force something that's not really meant to be, you come up with a lot of resistance, understandably so. And you're not letting it be what it is because you're trying to push them and your relationship to be an ideal version in your head that honestly you've carried since childhood Mm. and i think a lot of us as first generation of immigrant parents we are trying to reconcile seeing white parents here (laughs) and (laughs) we're trying to match that image with our parents here you mean the disney shows lied yeah. Oh my no, they, god. They don't lie. It's just our parents are not like that, right? <laughs> right. So there are four things that Dr. Gibson goes through and I'll try to run through them pretty quickly. Mm. I totally recommend that you guys get this book if you, this if the title of this book resonates with you and you're like, "Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Emotionally immature parents." Yeah. <laughs> I'm a adult child. So the first one she says is detach observation. I know this is hard, but try to stay detached emotionally and observe your parents' behaviors and the situation as a scientist would. (laughs) (laughs) When I first read this, I was like, how do you do that? Especially when you are feeling triggered. Mm. But the practice is breathing, setting your mind space for that when you're about to have a conversation with them. Or if you know you're in a situation that you're about to fight with your parents, step away type Mm. of thing and then Mm -hmm. come back when you're able to be more in this like okay remind yourself i'm staying detached i am not going to get sucked in emotionally Mm. and Mm -hmm. fight so then she says what words would you use to describe their facial expressions how do they respond when you try to relate how do you find yourself feeling as factual as you can in a sense you know Mm. just keep it straight and then If you find yourself, like I said, getting triggered or getting emotional, take a breather, step outside, find a reason to hang up the phone. I often have to do that with my mom. (laughs) I'm just like, uh, I used to just let her go on and I get more, like I take the bait after a Mm. while because I'm just like, I've heard you talk for 45 minutes and I disagree with what you're saying. But now I'll just be like, all right, she's going in there. I I already know you like the thing is you guys already know your parents so well. You guys know the patterns. Mm -hmm. So then it's up to you to disrupt that pattern. Mm. And then when you try this detached observation, it helps so much when you can try to see it more clearly from a more objective point of view versus, you know, 
when obviously with family triggers, we carry all of our past fights and traumas and memories with us. So the actual fight itself explodes and ends up being a lot bigger than what it actually is because of what it all carries. And then from that, you can try to make a more conscious decision that serves the actual goal of if you're trying to solve something, if you're trying to work towards a better relationship, it helps so much when you are not entangled or influenced with guilt, shame, or anger, right? Mm. I feel like Regina can really resonate with the guilt Ooh, and shame yeah. part. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I've been able to observe now too. And I think that the more that you have these conversations with your parents about being vulnerable or like, hey, I'm really dealing with this mental health issue, like they start to notice it within themselves as well. Being able to like more openly talk about these issues with both of my parents. And sometimes it's not with them together it's with them typically individually because mm. they both process information in different ways now that we're spending so much time together as adults we notice the repetitive pattern like there are certain topics that they'll hit that trigger me there's certain topics that i hit them that trigger them being able to pay attention to those and i totally agree with christine on the tapping out part like i've had to do that and i've said this before on this podcast but i literally had to wear airpods to dinner one day because i was like please I cannot be having this conversation with you yeah. again for the millionth time. We're not going to agree on this political issue. And like, I hate it when it gets into politics because sometimes it's like, it literally, it has nothing to do with like the people at this table. It's like what's going on around us, yeah. creating your own space and being like, I need to walk away from the situation. It's totally fine. I think that as long as you do it in a respectful way and it's not like yelled across the room or like you're screaming at each other, like it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I need my own time. I'm going to go take a break. I'm going to go to my own room. Or hey, I'm feeling really tired today and just like go into your own space and go into your own routine. I think that was something that I really had to adjust to, especially when I first moved back. I also have to pay attention to like what triggers me or like what is now my new norm. Right. I think that's so important and so good that you brought that up because that is what a lot of people are dealing with during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I I still have to come back. I still have to like (laughs) be here. And I get that. And it feels like you're just trapped, Mm -hmm. the feelings and the anger. So that's why it's like if you can practice a more detached approach, it Mm -hmm. helps so much in it Mm. so if you choose not to engage which goes into the second and the third part where the second part is expressing and then letting go so Mm. this part is don't try to control the outcome as in say what you want to say as calmly and (laughs) non-judgmentally as you can and this is why if you can again think of it as i'm going to be as detached as possible going into Mm. the second one i'm going to speak my truth as a way to honor and respect me Mm. that's all that is right now Mm -hmm. it's not about getting them to agree with me it's not getting them to understand that is not the goal Mm -hmm. we know that by now you know our parents are going to think whatever they think you can be the most sound logical person you cannot disagree with this but they will and you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god Mm -hmm. just take that moment as it is and just let it say what you need to say and let it go don't have expectations as much as you can. This is a practice. Mm. And the third one also ties into that, which is focusing on the outcome, not the relationship, which is that ask yourself what you're really trying to get from the other person in this interaction. I know we're talking about family, but you could use this for other relationships when you feel triggered. But be honest, if your goal with your parents, especially when you've had a fight or feel triggered, if it's getting them to apologize to you or to understand you or to listen to you, like I said, let it go. You just have to let that ideal 
ideal outcome or image of what you want your relationship with them to be like. If you've struggled with that thus far, then that's the pattern. So expecting anything different just mm-hmm. because you come at them differently, you yell at them differently, you got to respect them for who they are. Mm-hmm. So then what you do is just focus on the achievable task. As in, in this moment, what I want to do is I want to tell them that I have a boyfriend. It's not that I want them to accept me as an adult now and that I can date whoever I want or that I can express myself and have them just be like, oh, I'm proud of you and okay, whatever you want to do. Like, that's not the goal. That's not the task. So reshift the goal and focus to what is achievable. Like I said, if it's just like, I want to tell them this, I want to let them know that I've been having a hard time mentally and I might be depressed. I want to go Mm. see a therapist. Understand the goal for you there is to express your truth. It's not for them to validate you. Mm. So that's the part that mm. is like wow. a shift and a reframe for myself because I I always have an attachment. <laughs> 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 Even if I don't want to admit it. So often when I talk to my mom, I'm just like, my expectation is that she won't make it about herself. Mm. And no matter how long I let her go on about her stuff and then I try to tell her about my thing, about life coaching or what I've been doing for like two minutes, I'm always hoping that she'll recognize that or ask me and be interested. But Mm. she doesn't express it the way that I would like. Mm -hmm. I often get disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the part where that was a reshift for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was just laughing earlier about like expressing yourself calmly because I feel like I would say that I'm like a fairly decently patient person, but my fuse with my parents is so short. (laughs) Like anytime they say anything that is like slightly accusatory, even if the question is just why or what, I'm like, what do you want? (laughs) I like explode. And I don't know why. I mean, like, I guess like if from my perspective, I'm like, oh but you guys should know this or like that's not the right question like I say that to my dad all the time I feel bad for him because he lives with a lot of women in his (laughs) life I tell him that all the time I'm like man you you have always been in a household full of very strong stubborn women sometimes he just like doesn't ask the right questions and it pisses me off (laughs) but like my dad is like also the nicest like most patient person but then now that I'm like constantly like pushing his button he's like what do you <laughs> and it becomes like we're matching each other on that level. But our parents, at the end of the day, do really want to connect with us. I truly believe that whether or not they know how to is a different story. Right. But I think that deep down, like they do want to have some sort of understanding. And sometimes the problem is, especially with immigrant parents, is that they don't understand themselves. So it's like, how do you expect them to understand you? You can look at it as like a burden that we have to bear, but you also have to look at it from the other side of like how many sacrifices they made and how hard they worked to give you a life that they had dreamed of. Really being able to like hone in on when my mom says this or it really pisses me off when they do that. Like, why? What are the reasonings behind that? You know, being able to understand like yourself in that situation as well. Like, oh, my mom said something about my weight. I hate it when she says something about that. Why does it upset you so much? Right? Like, what about that is so triggering? And it's like, oh, well, I already have my own insecurities about my body. I don't need someone else projecting that on me. Okay. You know, being able to like pinpoint these like little things will actually create like great steps in self-growth because then you're able to like really like think through and maybe the solution is to be like hey can we not talk about this anymore or can we talk about it in a more productive way right being able to like find a way to work on it together 
is also very helpful. Right, right. And I totally understand too where a lot of people are in relationship with their parents where finding a solution hasn't been possible. Your Mm, parents are mm -hmm. just not willing to budge or compromise Mm. or extremely toxic. Mm -hmm. In that case, based off of Regina says, the signs are if you feel triggered by what they say, rightfully so. First, Mm -hmm. give yourself that acknowledgement where it's like, yeah, I don't like people talking about my weight. I don't think my weight has anything to do with anything. But take it as a sign that if you feel triggered, that there is something deeper there for you. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. maybe for you, there's a place that needs to be dug up, resolved, like seen, healed from. Because when someone talks about my weight, I don't feel triggered. But when someone talks Mm -hmm. about my face or my looks, then I feel triggered. So it's different for Mm -hmm. everyone. And then it's like, why is that? Because something happened for me internally that I still carry upon myself. So I think Mm -hmm. that's where if you view especially our parents as teachers in that sense, where because they're so good at triggering you that they are (laughs) your greatest teachers in what is unresolved inside of you that you can work on Mm. internally, but it's not up to your parents to heal you. Like just because your parents one day validate you and be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, whatever weight you are, you're beautiful. Like that is not going to fix what you think about yourself definitely as much as you think that that's the missing piece of the puzzle it's not it's not about your parents this is your life this is your trauma that you carry Mm, preach yes that's a wonderful way yeah yeah and then that's something where it's not easy to face and i know Mm. that's probably why it's extra triggering with our parents because there's no freaking boundaries right we didn't grow up with them going like oh you know christine like i know sometimes she's a little bit more sensitive about these things they're just like no i'm gonna gonna say to your face you suck your failure or they'll or they'll tell you that you're being sensitive about this and continue to talk about it and then they'll ask why are you so sensitive or they'll just like growing up you'd be like you're gonna cry about it well i'll give you something to cry about and you're like oh my gosh right so Mm -hmm. i understand (laughs) i understand (laughs) i get it that's why this book is so good because It helps you identify having emotionally immature parents, especially Mm. as immigrant parents, Mm. because Mm -hmm. if we were brought up like that, you can only imagine how our grandparents were. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, even if our grandparents were, let's say like my mom, she always says that her parents were like, not like her and i was like then why mm-hmm. are you like this <laughs> but i also realized that her the way that she grew up in the culture the expectation of her as a woman also mm. her as a daughter-in-law so my grandma my dad's mom is so mm. traditional and she's 98 mm. she we always say she's the asian queen because she that's oh how goodness. she is she's very like that so you know there's things that it explains how they're emotionally stunted mm-hmm. and because they have a fear of of emotion sometimes because mm-hmm. for us for example right when i just the example that i said about my my parents going like oh you're gonna cry well i'll give you mm-hmm. something to cry about my association mm-hmm. with crying <laughs> is that there's gonna be punishment you know it's gonna be worse mm-hmm. so i'm mm-hmm. embarrassed to cry at work there's mm-hmm. still that within me mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for some people any mm-hmm. type of emotion they become scared of as a grown adult so they become you see people who Mm -hmm. become visibly Mm -hmm. awkward or weird when someone gets a little bit too vulnerable Mm -hmm. too intimate Mm -hmm. too to them too emotional i think that's a lot of what our immigrant parents go through yeah we'll get into this in the Mm. episode that we're going to record about families but the last thing the last thing that dr gibson says is managing and not engaging which i know we kind of tapped into earlier if your parents are 
trying to trigger you or starting a fight or you see the pattern going there, don't take the bait. Like really think about it from your own sanity and mental health and start Mm. really practicing some boundaries. I know we talk about boundaries all the time, but this is where you yourself having that understanding that our family didn't grow up with boundaries. What do boundaries mean? With mental health, talking to a therapist, talking to a life coach, even Googling what are healthy boundaries to have will give you more information and tools to be able to address what is not okay and what is something that you can compromise and be flexible on. And you really have to pay attention to your whole energy and aura. So for example, Regina saying that she has a very short fuse and she just blows up understanding that that takes a toll on her own mental health (laughs) you can be sure that regina right like if for the rest of the hour the day it just really messes with your head and your mood Mm -hmm, for sure yeah it just puts me in a bad mood i've noticed it more so especially now again in quarantine where i'm not having that much social interaction outside of my parents if i get annoyed or triggered by my mom and like she doesn't even know what she did but i was the one who reacted really (laughs) heavily i'm just like all day and she's like oh what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with you yeah and that's the part where it's like we think that it's selfish to draw boundaries Mm -hmm. and that's the unconscious side of us because obviously we didn't grow up with boundaries the part of understanding and seeing for ourselves that say when we get mad and we get frustrated just like regina said her mom said something she didn't know and really pissed her off regina's giving off really frustrated energy that energy her mom feels and affects her. Mm -hmm. So that's the part we have to be conscious of. It's like, it's not selfish because by drawing boundaries, you get to stop that part of your head that spins and you act in a way that you are not proud of and that you know is not the best representation of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it stops there. So it doesn't affect other people around you. That's the part that it's like, it's not selfish. It's actually for the better of your family. Mm -hmm. And especially when you want to work towards a better relationship, Our energy, we feed off of each other. So how can you move forward when you're constantly triggering one another? Mm. Even when the other person, like Regina says, has no idea why you're getting mad. Or even like they're (laughs) mad and they get you mad and you're like, I don't understand what we're fighting. Or like, (laughs) it's way bigger than the actual thing, right? It's like, here, I cut you fruit. You're like, I already told you I didn't want to eat. Why do you always do this? It's not about them cutting Mm -hmm. the fruit, you know? It's them not listening. (laughs) So that's where it's like practicing healthy boundaries is honoring yourself by saying, I'm not going to get to that point with my mom and for my own sake and that I'm going to take a break. I'm going to step outside. And for you guys that live with your parents and can drive, go drive, take a drive, you know, walk outside, (laughs) just go take your mask and go outside. (laughs) I totally agree. Sometimes all it really takes is like a walk around the block or just having your own space, your own like head space and like physical space yeah so yeah totally agree with that yeah i I know it's not easy we're still going through it and the thing is i think it's very liberating and it's been liberating since i read the book to just let go of that idea of what i want our relationship to be like and how i want my parents to be like because who was it that said it was it the dalai lama or eckhart tolle who says stress just comes from you not accepting what currently is like you're fighting it you're fighting and resisting Mm -hmm. it but when you flow with it then you get to work with it you realize it can still work it actually works for the better 
And that's why I think of Bruce Lee when he talks about be water, be like water, because water can take many shapes and forms. We think that water is not a strong element compared to, say, the rock, but it actually can break the rock. It can be a rushing river or it can be a docile um, river. (laughs) (laughs) All water is river. (laughs) It just takes whatever form that it needs to be and it keeps flowing. It mm. keeps going. Especially now, finding peace <laughs> in whatever shape, way, and form that we can, especially when we're with our family. Try to find that peace for yourself is what I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. You summed it up so perfectly. Let's all be more like water. Yeah. And drink more water. And drink more water <laughs> and wear a mask. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this episode of Sister Advice. Again, this series is really for us to, in real time, answer questions on subjects that I know we tap into. We have talked about these things, but then we really get to ask you guys straight out, what are some things that you guys are dealing with that you guys want advice on, that you guys want to address? And then we can answer it now versus a little bit in an episode somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at perfectly imperfect.podcast that's where we will be posting on our stories and collecting these questions so feel free to ask us any questions it doesn't matter how big or small your issues are we'd love to just find new ways to connect with you guys hope you guys are doing well during this pandemic and we'll see you guys in the next one bye, bye. Yeah, the stars so blue. Yeah, the stars so blue.